The following program contains themes and images that may not be suitable for most audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok under the name Panda Pig Inc. And be sure to like this video, subscribe, and ring the bell for more videos. I mean, you you know I love the shock value. Yes. You know, give me the shock factor. Whatever the phrase is, I don't know the phrases. Mm -hmm. Just give it to me. All right. I'll take it. I'll take <clears throat> it. What you got for me? All right. So, Stephen Christensen. Stephen Christensen. That's, that's like a, such a simple name. He's a financial consultant who worked at Consolidated Financial Services. So he did a simple job with a simple name. <laughs> All right. It's a, it's a real estate investment company. So he had recently resigned from his position as vice president. Okay. There were rumors that the company was committing fraud. So that's some, so that's some backstory. <laughs> On October 15th, 1985 in Utah, a brown paper package with Steve's name on it is placed at the front door of his office. Inside that package. This is real life? Yes. Inside that package was a pipe bomb. It exploded. Pipe bomb? A like pipe, a bomb in a pipe? A pipe bomb. It's a type of bomb that can be put in a pipe. I'll have a picture of one like later. Like what kind of pipe? Like like the kind for plumbing or like mm -hmm. the pipe like you smoking? No, like like a big like metal pipe. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have a picture of one later that I'll show okay. you. So it explodes and kills him. Oh, my God. Only him? Only him. It injures, I think, another one of his coworkers. Was this outside or? Inside a building. Inside a building and only he got killed and yep. other people got injured? That was it? Yep. A witness in the elevator saw the man that delivered the package go up in the elevator. He was wearing a letter jacket. Okay. Okay. Two hours later, Kathy Sheets picks up a package at her front door that had her husband's name on it, Gary Sheets. Inside the brown Sheets. picker package was a pipe bomb that exploded and killed her. Oh my gosh. So it happened again. So Gary Sheets was the former business partner of Steve Christensen. Oh, so they're connected. The neighbor saw a tan Toyota minivan turn in the Sheets' driveway at midnight before the bombing, but he, but he didn't get a good look at the delivery man. Okay. All right. The following day, Mark Hoffman, a rare document stealer, opens up his car door to see a brown paper package. When he opens the door, the package falls to the floor and explodes. He's not killed, but he's but he's injured. The okay. tips of two of his fingers are blown off. A piece of his kneecap is missing. What's a his piece relation of metal, again? It's in his knee. He's a rare document stealer. Okay. All rare right. document stealer. So I'm going to get into a bit of the evidence. So okay. if you look on the slideshow, I've got pictures of what each of them look like. That helps. Sorry, guys, you don't get to see this. <laughs> so you can see what they all look Steve like. Steve Christensen, Kathy mm -hmm. Sheets, and Mark Hoffman. On the next page of that, you see what a pipe bomb looks like, okay? That's a pipe bomb? That's what a pipe bomb looks like. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So a mercury switch is found at the bomb sites. And what that is, is this, this glass ball that's filled with mercury. Mercury is a liquid metal. Yes. And when it tilts to the one to one side, so it's like motion sensitive, mm -hmm. when it tilts to one side, the metal completes the circuit 
and makes the bomb go off. So then fidgeting with the package, boom. Boom. So, like, Gary Sheets opens the door, picks it up, boom. Kathy Sheets picks up the package, takes it inside, boom. Mark Hoffman opens the driver's, the the door, boom. Motion sensitive. Wow. So. That's insane. The gunpowder is sent for analysis, and it was found to be this brand called Hercules Bullseye brand. They found that the certain components of the bomb were a brand that's exclusive to Radio Shack. I think it's called Tandy. Kind of like how Walmart has a quite... And Walgreens has their kind of own no-name brand. Yes. It's a Radio Shack brand. So they know... It's just a general... Mm -hmm. Okay. So know whoever made this bomb bought the stuff at Radio Shack. (laughs) When Radio Shack was a thing. Yep. So they find (laughs) that that there's someone who purchased all of the necessary components to make this bomb. Okay. And the man's name is Mike Hansen, and he bought the stuff at a Radio Shack in Holiday, Utah. I've heard that name, Mark Hansen. Well, you're probably thinking of Chris Hansen. Oh, probably. The To Catch a Predator um, <laughs> genius. So so they get the ad- they get an address for Mike Hansen, but it's a vacant lot. Okay. Okay. So when a pipe bomb explodes, the ends of each side, because the pipe bomb is, you know, um, horizontal, Russian. the ends of each side of the caps pop off, and it explodes in a straight line. Mm-hmm. So Mark Hoffman's car... There's a hole on the passenger side of the door, and it showed a direct line to the injury in Mark's knee, which means that it would have been impossible for the bomb to have exploded in the way that Mark Hoffman said that it exploded. His knee would have had to be in the driver's seat, and the injuries in his hands basically show that he was holding the bomb when it went off over the center console. What? Okay. Okay. So Hoffman's home is searched. Because now he's the suspect. <laughs> they find a letter jacket that matched the description. Ooh. They found that he had the same car. And inside the van, they find a single flake of gunpowder from the same brand. But he takes a polygraph test and passes. <laughs> what? He passes the polygraph test. Are you sure he didn't take it himself? He didn't ask no, himself this time it was law enforcement <laughs> administered. Okay. But law enforcement's baffled. But there's, they still find it suspicious because they've got this evidence that conflicts with his testimony. Oh, my god. Testimony, goodness. So there's a few things we need to know about Mark Hoffman, okay? Okay. So he's a collector of many historical documents. Yes. Okay, lots of things to do with U.S. history. But mostly Mormon and LDS, Latter-day Saints, related. Right. So most people know that... The LDS Mormon religion mm-hmm. is a LDS is Latter Day Latter Day Saints. It's basically a denomination of Christianity. It's very new, mm-hmm. and he was so well renowned in the circles of like collecting rare documents as being reliable mm-hmm. and an exceptional rare arts dealer. Okay. Okay. So the LDS finds documenting their history really important because they're so new. Finding historical papers and documents is super important to their religion. Right. So Hoffman would make tens and thousands of dollars procuring these documents that cemented LDS belief systems, okay? Okay. However, he also found documents that discredited some LDS practices and beliefs. 
Wow. So people with an interest in maintaining, like, the status quo of the religion would pay Hoffman for the documents, put them in a vault, lock away the key. What? <laughs> you know? Just for status. Well, not status, but because if, he, like, like, for example, if you have this, I think about an episode of The Simpsons. Okay. Where Bart Simpson, I can't remember what happens, and to be honest with you, I can't remember everybody's name, but Bart Simpson somehow becomes the smartest person in the world, and mm-hmm. he discovers that God doesn't exist, and he yeah. starts putting out flyers, and his neighbor comes around, who's a Christian, and is like, oh, we can't have this. So he just destroys the papers. Even if Bart Simpson truly belie- truly found out that God didn't exist, he's right. like, well, I can't let anybody else find out about this. So it's kind of a similar thing where oh, okay, even, okay. If, even if the LDS people believed that these documents, like they still were solidified in their faith, they would see these documents as creating issue with current Mormon doctrine. Right. Like they just didn't want that compliment. Right. or anything like yeah. that. Just don't stir things up, no drama. Mm-hmm. So documents that were found by Hoffman, like they were analyzed by experts in their field. Even the Library of Congress found his stuff to be legit. So wow. Christian was a Christensen, the first victim, was a collector of documents from Hoffman and okay. was scheduled to meet with Mormons on these things called the McClellan documents to certify the authenticity of them. Okay. Okay. So despite the fact that Hoffman's making all of this money from document sales, he's deeply in debt, and it's partially because he's got this lavish lifestyle, he likes first first edition books, you know, so he's trying to clear his debt. So he's trying to broker the sale of these McClellan, this McClellan collection. Okay. It's supposedly this exclusive group of documents written by William E. McClellan. He's a Mormon apostle who eventually broke away from the LDS church. So Hoffman <laughs> hinted Hoffman hinted that the McClellan collection would provide revelations unfavorable to the to the LDS church. But Hoffman had no idea where the McClellan collection was. Oh. Oh. So, after the bombings, documents procured by Hoffman are analyzed, right? Right. The um, scientists put ultraviolet light on the paper, and it turns blue. And under a microscope, they can see that the ink is only running in one direction. But other documents of that time... What does it mean when it's blue? It's just something that they've noticed. Okay. So, like, if you're... If you shine an ultraviolet light on one document and another, and one's blue and the other's not, that's just something to notice. Okay. So, and they look at the ink, and the ink is only running in one direction. Okay. But when they're looking at documents from that time, they're not glowing blue, and the ink is absorbed in all directions. Oh. So there's something weird between yeah, Hoffman's documents right. and the other documents. When they searched Hoffman's house, they found a recipe for an 1800s recipe for ink. Okay. So the scientists duplicate the ink and they find that it's the same ink used in this document called The Oath of a Freeman, which is this historical document to U.S. history. And that document was authenticated by the Library of Congress. So Library of Congress is like, this stuff is legit. <laughs> but the scientist finds that the letter, one of the letter M's looks like it was messed up from a photo... <laughs> From a photogenic process. 
So basically, wow. Hoffman's forging all of the documents he's that he's that procured. Good. He is fabulous. Wow. So the motive for him to commit these crimes was to buy more time so that he could forge these McClellan documents. What? But he he got to and over his head, you know? Yeah, and he ended up But this guy was such a troll, himself. such a troll, mm-hmm. that the best example is this thing called the Salamander Letter. So it, it sh- he showed up in, like, 1984. Basically, this is just an example of him trying to mess with the Mormon church. Okay. Where... This salamander letter is written by this guy named Harris to W. Phelps. The letter is presented as a version of the recovery of these gold plates um, in Mormon history. And basically, in the Mormon history, they're saying that um, Joseph Smith talked to this angel. Okay. But instead... Mark Hoffman says that he was talking that a that a white salamander appeared to him. What? So he's messing with the with this church so bad that oh he took gosh. out an angel and was like, "Nah, Joseph Smith did not talk an angel. He talked to a lizard. A lizard. Oh my god, is bad." So <laughs> that'd be someone like placing Adam and Eve like no. So really, they were actually dinosaurs. Yeah, basically that were fish. Basically, fish like, dinosaurs. He just trolled. But the thing is, what people say is like he was not extroverted and boastful. Like he just seemed like some nerdy guy who dealt with documents. Quiet guy, you know, quiet guy. But on the inside, he was this raging troll. You know what I'm kind of imagining? I don't know if you've watched Office Space. Have you ever watched that movie? Yes. You know the guy with the stapler? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought of. <laughs> the guy who just mumbles like... I could see it. But he keeps to himself and he's quiet. I could see it. That's what I think of. So anyways, at the end of the... glasses. I don't know. You know what? I think it is the glasses. I think it's the glasses. Yep. Maybe that's a... <laughs> yeah. So at the if end, you guys the- look up a picture of Mark Hoffman, you'll see uh, the picture yep. that I'm looking at. That's, he has glasses, that's and I'm H- like thinking of H O F M A N H O F M A N with two N's. Two N's. So, <laughs> yep. If you guys want to look them up, Steve Christensen, Kathy Sheets, and Mark Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel bad for Kathy Sheets' husband because mm-hmm. he probably has survivor's guilt. Oh, yeah. He just died recently, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a sad. Older. Yeah. I but, feel like survivor's guilt, like that. Yeah. It sucked to know, like, that was for you and your wife got killed. Well, and the thing that sucks, too, is he only sent it to Gary Sheets as a misdirection. He didn't even want to kill Gary Sheets. So Mark I mean, he didn't need to kill Gary Sheets. Mark Hoffman's just messed up. Yeah. He's messed up. And is he still alive? Yeah, he's in prison. Well, mm. hold up. Wikipedia. He, he made, oh, Pigopedia. Pigopedia. Pigopedia in the process. I was trying to think of other names for your true crime segment, like Prue Crime, True Pig Crime. Tr- <laughs> and then I was like, if I go Prue, almost sounds like Prune, and I don't want you to be a Prune. That'd be Prune mm. Crime. No. Yeah. True. Oh, so Mark Hoffman's only 66. 
Um, so she's still alive. Remember, this was the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. This was not that long. Yeah. So he he got convicted and everything. He's not going nowhere. But what cemented it was they found a receipt from a printing company in Utah Mm -hmm. that was connected to Mike Hansen. Remember the dude from the Radio Shack stuff? But included Mark Hoffman's phone number. (laughs) So got him. I feel like it could have been that simple. Just look at the receipt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that's the whole the whole idea of like the sheets bomb being the misdirection was what made Wait, me think of. Wait, that's what they called it. Is sheets bomb? No, no, the bomb that went to the sheets family. Oh, oh, oh. that's what I meant. So, oh, so you feel like that was the misdirection? That was the misdirection that made me think of because the, it had nothing to do with them. Yes, that's interesting. I also I thought the misdirection was going to be oh yeah Mark Hoffman is a victim here. Well, he didn't mean to blow himself up. He came up with the classic blunder that most bomb enthusiasts have is no, they blow I'm themselves up. Yeah, it's so common. When you think you're smart, but you're not that smart enough. You're not a Hodgins. Even Zach blew himself up, but we are good to that. <laughs> Most of the time, they just blow themselves up in, in yeah. their own homes. Yes. But anyways, if you're if you're interested in the Hoffman case, I watched a Forensic Files episode. Mm-hmm. If you're watching on Netflix, it's Collection Five, Episode Five. Um, I also listened to a podcast um, by the Parcast Network. It's mm-hmm. called Con Artists. They have two part episodes on Mark Hoffman. One episode is totally dedicated to. The first part of his life, second episode on the crimes and stuff. There's also a My Favorite Murder episode about it. It's episode 76. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys are interested in looking more into those, you can check out that yeah, stuff. Yeah, check them I, out. I and just you can also come back to it. us. Just let us know if you find something more interesting facts and maybe yeah. we didn't talk about them and you want to let us know. Yeah, because yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot more to the Mark Hoffman <laughs> document forging thing that I didn't get into. Mm-hmm. So if that's your thing, go check it out. Go check it out. Let us know. But yeah. I think um, we can wrap up this episode. That uh, was a yeah. very interesting On to the segment. next one. On I'm ready for one. the next one. We'll see you guys. Well, not see you. I hope, whatever. What what term what should we say? Let's, let's hang out again. Let's hang out <laughs> again next week. Like I said, if, if we, we haven't turned you off yet, don't turn us off. Turn us on. Let's stay turned on together. <laughs> We'll, we'll see your, well, whatever, speak, we'll end up in your speakers. Do we turn next you on? Week. Do we turn you on? Because we'll be here next week. We'll be here next week. Right. Tune in next week. All right. For Pig and Panda. Pig and, and then Panda. Pig. Pig and Panda. For the heart and the bones. <laughs> Signing off. Signing off. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Next week on the heart and the bones mentions a saying he says enjoyment is the opposite of suicides <laughs> <laughs>